0: section four of the rover volume one number three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the rover volume one number three edited by seba smith and Lawrence labry section four the Jewel of the Harem by Lawrence Le Brie Nur mahal was the most beautiful of all the slaves in the seraglio of the sultan ben Yusuf the soft and voluptuous lustre of her large black eyes the delicate tint of her beautiful cheek and the ravishing sweetness of her pouting lips parting at times to betray teeth that rivalled the whiteness of new-fallen snow real pearls of omar were so many tokens that the possessor was of georgian extraction one of the many victims that in a late successful invasion of her unhappy country by the sultan and his troops had been added to the harems of the persian nobles and of their ambitious and tyrannical monarch of all the unfortunate captives of the illustrious sultan none stood so high in his especial regard as the lovely nur mahal and for her his love and esteem seemed boundless so much so that it was suspected that a day was not far distant when the fair georgian would share the throne of the magnificent Kursru new shawan ben yusuf with much condescension kindness and lenity did he treat his beautiful captive but to no effect she remained firm and unswerving she often repulsed him with much severity upbraiding him as the oppressor of her country and the merciless jailer of herself and her unfortunate companions among the nobles of the court of ben youssef was callimachus a brave and generous prince of the seleucidi a renowned and chivalrous warrior and a zealous supporter of the sultan though opposed to many of his harsh and tyrannical measures to him then did the sultan communicate his ill success with the lovely he pictured to him in glowing terms the ardor of his passion for the beautiful captive of the many and unsuccessful attempts to ingratiate himself in her favor and of her continued obstinacy i have tempted her love said the sultan with costly and magnificent presents and by flattery still she resists me and the only reply she makes is restore me to my friends and my country and i will bless you i will pray you and does the Kibla Alam suspect no hitherto untried method of subduing the obstinacy of this bright jewel of the seraglio inquired Calamachus. alas my callimachus none i have exhausted all my efforts to please and my endeavours to win to no purpose like the huries of paradise she seems rather to be dreamed of than possessed favorite of the prophet do the honors which you bestow as freely as falls the dew seem of no value in the eyes of the lovely even so yet deserving as thou art o king perseverance in thy desires may at length bring thee that love which thou seekest recollect that the illustrious Timur, when once hard pressed by his enemies took shelter in a ruinous building where for many a tedious hour he was obliged to sit alone ere an opportunity was offered him to escape while thus situated his attention was arrested by the efforts of an ant to carry a grain of corn up a wall of great height during which time it fell to the earth sixty-nine times but at the seventieth time it was successful from this that great monarch and illustrious warrior received a useful lesson by which many times in after life he profited much i acknowledge michaelimachus the force of the application but then to more warred with men had he or the aunt had to do with the petulancy of woman their perseverance would have failed them however i have another method in my brain which i think will prove successful i will put my cause into thy hands that you may plead before this proud georgian as i would plead for myself if you succeed according to my fondest hopes i will requite the obligation by making thee my vizier and the brightest jewel in my diadem shall glitter in thy turban be true be faithful and my liberality shall know no bounds but if thou art false by the beard of the prophet my vengeance shall be terrible god is great and mahomet is his prophet even as the king of the faithful wishes it so shall it be done replied the slave shall be removed to an apartment in the palace where you can visit her and i hope soon to hear that you have succeeded according to my wishes the sultan quitted the apartment leaving callimachus to ponder upon the strange trust confided to his care the fifth morning after the above incident dawned beautifully and brightly the beams of the rising sun gilded the lofty turrets and minarets of shiraz and cast a gleam of cheerfulness upon the countenances of the numerous throngs of moslems that crowded its streets some on their way to the baths some to the mosques others to the bazaars and many for pleasure the sweet bowers of masla and the three rose gardens of the princes sent to heaven a sweet and grateful fragrance but among all the brightness and joyousness of the morning there was one face shrouded in gloom the pensive tear stood in her upraised eye her fair cheek rested upon her hand and her lips were parted as though in silent prayer it was the beautiful the unfortunate nur mahal although removed to a more commodious and magnificent apartment than was first allotted her with a door that opened upon a garden still the splendour and garish magnificence which surrounded her illly accorded with the feelings of the poor captive she thought of her own dear home of her parents her sisters her brothers and her grief was too deep for utterance thoughtfully and silently she mourned for what did she valued life cut off from all that she held dear a captive and annoyed daily with a wooer whom she abhorred thus sat she in silent misery when her ears caught the sound of steps approaching her apartment her heart trembled within her as she thought of the sultan and his oppressive importunities she feared that he would not much longer mildly bare with her abhorrence of him she saw no gleam of hope she felt none she dreaded the hour when his patience must tire and his temper fail the door was opened and a mild and kind voice addressed her as the most beautiful it thrilled through her every nerve she dared not look up but she could not be mistaken it must be it was the voice of the noble callimachus as he advanced toward her she arose to receive him his admiring gaze rested upon the fair being before him and he thought that never in his brightest and happiest dreams of fancy had he seen aught so lovely for a while he seemed so wrapped in wonder that he forgot by whose request and for what purpose he was sent most lovely though most unfortunate began callimachus the most illustrious of the faithful the sultan ben Yusuf commissioned me his devoted slave to wait upon the royal beauty of the seraglio to lay before her his distressed condition and to beg the humanity of thy gracious favour to soothe the wound of his much discomfited heart return then to him thou callest thy master said Nur mahal and tell him that as i am deprived of my liberty my parents my country my friends life to me is as valueless as my freedom is unexpected there is only one way to win my esteem none to win my love i hate i defy him he may torture me he can invent no torture greater than my confinement death to me were indeed liberty come in what shape it may tell him this and likewise that it is my wish he persecute me no longer i will hold out no hope to him there is none and it were a waste of breath of time of words to pursue this useless fallacy alas sweet flower of georgia hast thou considered well the firmness of thy purpose to return such an answer to the sultan so well replied nur mahal that i had determined to tell it to his face had he presented himself instead of thee unfortunate nur mahal pained as i am to afflict thy maiden heart the wishes and behests of my sovereign must be reverenced yet i could wish thee a better and a happier lot as the circumstances which surround thee cannot be avoided i would advise thee to reconsider the wishes of his heart and if thou canst incline toward his will it is in vain and your advice falls unheeded either leave me or cease to persecute me with the sultan's importunities admiration of the spirited girl for a moment held Kalimachus mute and a strange and heretofore unknown feeling trembled in his breast at first he scarce knew what report to make to the sultan but he finally resolved that when he returned he would flatter him with hopes of his ultimate success thereby securing the opportunity of often seeing her he therefore kindly took his leave of her expressing a hope that he might see her again and recommending her to think carefully upon what he had said to her the sultan eager to learn the success of callimachus impatiently awaited his return in his private apartment as he entered ben yusef rose to meet him now my callimachus how speeds the wooing what success how seems she would she listen to you by the beard of the prophet had you but seen her yesterday i thought she would smite me your serene majesty will be pleased to hear that she is more inclined to reason to-day yet she is possessed of great stubbornness which will require several days to overcome but i will venture to say you may give some small encouragement to your hopes tis very well and callimachus begin to hope for the viziership go on as thou hast begun and if thou art successful there shall be no bounds to my liberality thy slave is ever ready at thy bidding thou mayest command tis good thou mayest now retire but recollect to-morrow to-morrow my callimachus callimachus bowing to the command of his sovereign turned to depart and had reached the door when the stern voice of the sultan recalled him look you callimachus see that you do not play me false or by allah and he furiously stamped his foot upon the marble floor am i ignorant of the consequences or dost thou think me a fool replied callimachus thou art right callimachus is not a fool farewell the aspiring and ambitious noble departed his mind was filled with contesting emotions he had dared to look upon the queen of the seraglio his sultan's favourite with the eyes of love he had allowed himself to drink deep of the intoxicating passion to feast his heart on the beauties of her person and the nobleness of her mind alas he had already wandered far from the path of duty to his sovereign he felt that he was getting into a labyrinth of difficulties from which it would be hard to extricate himself yet like a charmed bird he gradually closed upon the danger which he could scarcely expect would end otherwise than fatal to himself the next day and the next and the next found callimachus a visitor of the lovely nur mahal he had forgotten or seemed to the interests of the sultan and for himself for himself alone did he now plead not at first with the outpourings of his passion for that would have shocked the captive's ear but with the silent pleading of his eyes the kind and sympathizing manner of his conversation endeavoring to lead her mind from the reflection of her unfortunate captivity conversing with her of her own dear country till by degrees imperceptible to herself he won her friendship and esteem and at last she began to wait with impatience for his daily visits in the meantime did he report himself to his sovereign as rapidly progressing in his suit and hoping shortly to remove all difficulties for a week did he visit Nurmahal in this manner and the sultan began to grow impatient callimachus had not yet spoken of love but now that things were drawing to a climax now that the secret could not be hidden much longer he was determined to have a short time of pure ecstasy a few moments of unalloyed and fearless bliss in breathing into the ear of the innocent and beautiful nur mahal the adoration of his fond heart the declaration of his devoted love there could not be there seemed no hope of escaping detection but his heart was firm and his purpose was determined he would make one effort for himself and for her and if that failed him alas alas on the morning of the seventh day from receiving his commission he entered the apartment of nur mahal resolved on declaring his passion the sultan had on the previous day shown evident signs of suspicion and displeasure at the length of time already taken by callimachus the more so as he reflected on the beauty of his captive naturally of a petulant and suspecting disposition his anxiety and impatience seemed to increase upon this occasion to more than their ordinary strength and with hasty and irregular steps did he pace the marble floors of his palace in the meantime was callimachus breathing his idolatry to the object of his heart's adoration kneeling before her as she reclined upon a couch of imperial purple did he whisper to her the fond hopes of his soul as his heart pictured so did his tongue utter and as he knelt he forgot that he was surrounded by danger nor seemed he less happy than in his brightest and most enthusiastic visions although nur mahal had been led to suspect by the manner in which he had of late addressed her what were the sentiments of his heart yet it surprised her when she heard him reveal in direct words the love he bore her nor was she less pleased his daily appearance and kind attentions were objects to her which won her gratitude and friendship and each day she more and more watched for the hour of his visit and found greater pleasure in his society with moistened eyes and a beating heart did she listen to the fond adulation of callimachus and when he had spoken to her all that his tongue could utter or his heart prompt she threw herself weeping on his neck and as she lay within his arms heart to heart and cheek to cheek did the innocent girl vow to him the reciprocation of her first pure and virgin love what a paradise to them were those first few brief moments of bliss if the heaven of the moslem contains aught like to it surely surely there is some excuse for their wrong though sincere worship and now they had declared their love love that in their present condition they could not enjoy the time was fast approaching when the sultan would learn that he had profited nothing by the visits of callimachus when he would consider him as of no further use as a mediator and remove from him any opportunity of again visiting nour mahal upon this and its consequences had callimachus reflected he had not rushed into danger without planning some mode of escape they both knew that to live apart would be misery to each and that to enjoy it at all there must be a material change from the present and he was about unfolding a scheme by which they might escape when the door suddenly opened and the sultan strode into the middle of the room Nurmahal sprang from the arms of her lover and hiding her face in her hands tremblingly awaited the sound of the sultan's voice while callimachus with folded arms and a stern and lofty look met his fierce and malignant glance unquailed and as he knew his doom was fixed in the sultan's mind he was determined to await his fate with that coolness and courageous firmness which had so conspicuously shown in the many battles he had fought for his sovereign with ineffable scorn hatred and contempt did the sultan regard the objects of his displeasure for a few moments then calling a guard which was always within hearing he said take this traitor this recreant lovesick lord to prison and at noon to-morrow bring me his head and let his dog of a carcass be taken to the plains without the city fit only for what it will become food for the ravenous hyenas and jackals away and see that it is performed or by the sword of the holy prophet there is not a head among ye all that shall not share his fate instantly did the satraps of the sultan surround the unfortunate callimachus to conduct him to his prison and as they crossed the threshold of the apartment a loud shriek was uttered by Norma mahal and she fell senseless at her captor's feet alone and in his dungeon callimachus had leisure to reflect upon his fate he knew that a limit had been set to his life and he made up his mind to meet with a philosophical resignation what he knew to be inevitable while thus reflecting upon his situation he began to think upon the possibility of an escape he was acquainted with every cell in the prison and there was a glimmer one slight ray of hope lighted up the dreariness of his condition there was one cell from which he might escape only one and the hope that now remained to him was that he might be in it adjoining one of the cells was another similar in construction separated by a thick strong wall of stone in which was a small grated window with upright bars to all appearance firmly set in the massive wall in one of these had callimachus been placed which he ascertained by groping around in the dark the other apartment was used for the storage of implements of torture irons for the hands and feet of prisoners chains and numerous articles which had been laid aside for want of repair As callimachus ascertained his situation in the prison his heart grew lighter but there were many difficulties yet to overcome in the first place he had to await for the approach of night which he did with as much patience as he could acquire to him it seemed the longest day he had ever passed but it did at last roll away and as night gathered her sable curtain around the city an hour after hour passed away till callimachus thought it must be midnight he began to prepare himself for the task that was to him either life or death he approached the grated window and with a throbbing heart did he grasp its rusted bars he applies his strength his hopes increase they yield and give him entrance to the next apartment then cautiously did he grope his way to the foot of a flight of steps which led to the floor above his prison his foot was upon the first step the second the third he mounted to the top he listened not a sound fell upon his ear he put his hand upon the door and for a moment he hesitated for upon the chance of its being unfastened depended all his hopes of escaping he hardly dared venture to try it for he trembled between hope and fear in one moment would either increase his hopes or sink him in the lowest despondency with a sudden effort he brought his mind to a point of determination he recollected that it was frequently unlocked for the jailer was ignorant of any secret communication between that cell and those occupied for the detention of prisoners there was but one besides himself who knew the secret and that one was in ispahan he tried the door it opened and the fresh air plate on his face he stepped softly into the entrance hall of the prison the door that opened upon the street was ajar as though some person had but for a moment gone out to avail himself of this opportunity was but the thought of an instant and rushing into the street he sped onward as fast as his feet would carry him nor did he stop till without the city and free from the tyrant's grasp the first thought of Callimachus when he found himself safe was to revenge himself upon the sultan and secure his beloved nur mahal from a worse fate than had awaited himself he pursued his way into khorasan enlisted the nobles on his side and in a short time was enabled to raise an army sufficient to make ben yusef tremble it was a time when rival chieftains fought in their sovereign's name their own battles and the country on one side was ravaged with the Uzbeks, and on the other by the ottomans with a powerful army raised by the friendship of the reigning prince or governor of khorasan he marched into the province of fars the success of his arms was complete he had beaten the sultan's troops in every instance and at last encamped at night within a day's march of shiraz in an open plain and in view of which reposed the main army of the sultan commanded by himself after a weary day's march upon An eminence within a mile of them the decisive battle was yet to be fought and no sooner had the light of the following morn began to appear than both armies were busy in preparing for the ensuing contest at last the signal for the onset was given and the opposing forces met the sultan himself led on the van of his army and presented a fair opportunity for the marksmen of the invaders but every javelin fell harmless every weapon turned from him and he fought with the ferocity of a tiger the victory seemed doubtful many fell on both sides and the slaughter was becoming immense when the attention of the armies was directed to a place where the two leaders were engaged in severe combat face to face the sultan and callimachus for a while it seemed doubtful which would be the victor but the youth and coolness of callimachus prevailed and one blow of his keen scimitar clove the tyrant's skull and in a short time after the whole army capitulated and the conquering callimachus entered shiraz as its lord and master who but a short time before made his escape from it a fugitive his first act was to seek Mahal and claim her without the fear of a rival for his blushing bride he found her in the room where he had last seen her still a captive but pure and unstained she shrieked for joy when she saw him enter and fell swooning into his arms the rest is soon told they were shortly after united and lived long and happily together, beloved by the people whom they governed and respected by their friends. End of section Four.